0: we're talking about who are we as New Life Church. We thought as we are getting back into the fall rhythms and the school year and things, it would be a good time for us to review who are we as New Life Church. And so some of you have been around for a little while and you've had a booklet like this before. Maybe it was a black one that was version 1.0 or it was a brown one and that was version 2.0. And now we're on 3.0 with the white one. And so if you haven't seen this booklet before, I'd encourage you to grab one there by the Life Group table On your way out, but we're we're looking at the identity section of this, okay? And so uh, it starts with the mission statement: We exist to engage people disconnected from God, so they delight in Him through Jesus. That's the purpose of New Life Church. That's what we're about. But then we have our identity statements. We need the gospel. We engage as missionaries. We serve as a team. We live life. Together. And so last week, Pastor Tim was up and he was talking about living life together. This week, he's down in New life at New Life Wilsonville speaking on the same thing. Last week, I was down at New Life Wilsonville talking about serving as a team. And now here I am to talk about the same thing here. And it's really, as I was thinking about this, we at New Life Church, we serve the expectation is, as a Christian, as, as somebody who is among the people of God, you would serve, right? And, and that is not unique to the church. People serve all the time in all kinds of places. They serve family members, they serve in nonprofit organizations, they serve in communities and in schools and in governments. People serve. And I was thinking about what, what are the reasons that people serve in these places? You know, as I have talked with people, and, and especially in some of those volunteer places, and, and you, you go, why, why are they here? Why are they serving here? I, I have been involved in my kids' PTA. I've wanted to be connected to the school, know what's going on in the school, influence the culture of the school. And so I was involved in the PTA for a while. And I was talking with another mom, and she said, you know, I just, I don't know how you do it. You just, you serve on the PTA and, and, and these things. And she said, you just must have more time than I do because I, I just don't have time to serve. And I, I said, I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> but there are other people that, that were there and they, they serve too. And I, I'm looking at, why are you here? Why are you here Why are you serving? And for some people, I I think they they serve because they're trying to give back. They feel like they they have been given something, somebody has done something for them, and they are now trying to give back or make up for uh, what they have received. There are other people that um, they're trying to serve because in their mind, the kind of person they wish they were was a person that would serve, and so they go and serve to try and become the person that they wish they were. There are some people that do it out of a, a civic duty, that that they they feel like as a, if I'm going to be a part of this community, I need to serve in this community, and there are other people that I think they do it out of pride. They they want to be known as as the kind of of person uh, that serves. I, I in fact as I was thinking about that, I was uh, reminded of um, a quote from the show The Office where, with Michael Scott. You know, he's the boss. He's the the guy, and, and there, there's a part where they're doing an interview with him. And he says, uh, when I retire, I, I don't want to just disappear to an island somewhere. I want to be the guy who gives everything back. I want to be like, hey, who donated that hospital wing that's saving so many lives? <laughs> um, uh, well, I, I don't know. It was anonymous. Well, guess what? That was Michael Scott. But it was anonymous. How do you know? Because I'm him. (laughs) And and isn't the the sheer honesty of that? I mean, don't we all just want to be known as the kind of person who uh, gives to the community just because we want to give? Not for the recognition of it, but we would like to be recognized for our doing it, for not the recognition of it. And that's, that's what he's saying. I, I want to be that kind of a person that's recognized for doing it, for not getting the recognition. And, and so, then as I was thinking about that, I was going, okay, this is why people serve in general. Why do people serve in the church? Why do we serve? And we, for our identity series, are taking excerpts from the book of Colossians. We could have picked uh, just about any book of the Bible And pulled excerpts from those books because the stuff that we're talking about is not unique to the book of Colossians. It's all over the Bible. Our identity statements are not um, really strange that make us weird as far as the Bible is concerned. You, you can see these things all over the Bible, but, but we are, are looking at the book of Colossians and in Colossians, Paul is writing. Paul was a, a missionary and church planter and he had planted the church in Colossae and now he's writing to them. He's, he's off somewhere else, um, no longer with them and he's writing to them and he's, he's encouraging them. And I remember the stuff that happened when I was there and I remember you guys and what's going on with you. And so I just want to write to you to encourage you. And one of the things he says is in Colossians chapter one. And so if you would turn uh, to Colossians chapter one, since we don't have things up on the screen today, if you didn't bring a Bible or don't know where Colossians is, you can grab the Bible in the pew in front of you. It's on page 1165. Um, I know just off the top of my head knew that. And I looked it up about three minutes ago. Uh, But on Colossians chapter 1, in verse 9, he's writing and he says, We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. As he's writing to this church in Colossae, what he's saying to them is, here's what we want for you. We want you to grow into full maturity. In fact, we are praying for you all the time for this very thing, that you'd be filled with the knowledge of who God is and because of knowing who God is, you would walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him and bearing fruit in every good work. You see, if we properly understand who God is, then we will walk in a manner that is worthy of Him and the work that we do will bear good fruit. And others also will grow in the knowledge of God into full maturity. That's how the whole thing works. That's what the church is about. That's what the ministries of the church are about. Are to help people to fully understand who God is and walk in a manner worthy of Him and bear great fruit. I know that sometimes the ministries of the church seem unrelated to that, but every aspect of the church is driving toward that point that people would know who God is and that they would grow to full maturity in Him. Some of the ministries are... are, are um, Sort of supplemental helping ministries behind the scenes. They keep the facilities going so that those kinds of ministries take place. But we want to keep our eye on the ball. That this is the purpose of the church. We are. We want everybody to delight in who Jesus is, so that they would go from um, being disconnected to connected and thriving in who God is. And so Paul prays, and he prays for them, and he says, "We we haven't ceased to pray for you." so that you might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him and bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And then immediately following that, in the next several verses, he begins to describe exactly who Jesus is. That, that, that Jesus, from before time began, the second person of the Trinity, God Himself through whom and by whom all things were created and for whom all things were created. And now He sustains all things and works all things so that everything comes to Him for His glory. And then seeing that we were disconnected from God, He had this ministry, this service, whereby He came and died on the cross for our sins so that through Him we also might be reconciled to God. So that even through his death and resurrection, he was raised so that he might be the firstborn from the dead and preeminent in absolutely everything. So that all glory might go to God through Jesus Christ. He says all of that and then he says in verse 24, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Paul is talking about his own ministry. He says, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body that is the church. Isn't that an incredible statement? We have already just heard about all that Jesus is and all that He has done and His sacrifice on the cross and His resurrection from the dead. And Paul says, and now the work that I am doing is um, sort of filling in the gaps for the things that were lacking in Jesus' ministry. And, and I... Joel, time out, Paul. Who do you think you are? You're filling up what was lacking in Jesus' ministry? What could possibly have been lacking in Jesus' ministry? He said, it is finished. So what could possibly be lacking? Well, Paul goes on to, to say, of which I began, became a minister according to the stewardship of, from God that was given to me to make the Word of God fully known. You see, Jesus already did all of the work, but what remains is for this knowledge to be imparted to other people, to be passed on so that everybody can know about this. That's the work that remains to be done. And so Paul's saying, and now I am filling up what was lacking in Christ's work by proclaiming the Gospel to you, because remember what we were praying for you? Our whole purpose is that you would grow into full maturity and walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And so that is His ministry to help everybody get to there in perfect alignment with who God is. Verse 25, "...of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the Word of God fully known, that mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to His saints." and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge." Over and over again, he said it's the same thing. It's the same thing. We are ministering so that the knowledge of Christ may come to you and you may grow into full maturity, full understanding. Fully possessing the knowledge of Christ and living in alignment with that. That is our ministry. I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you. I want you to know how how hard I'm working. I want you to know how much I care about you and the work that I am doing on your behalf. He's, He's just laying this out. This is the ministry that Paul has. This is the ministry that Paul has. This is the ministry that Paul has. Every single person is called into this kind of ministry to the furthering of the gospel and the helping of one another to become fully mature. But this is not the kind of thing that we do alone. In fact, if you look at our identity statement, it doesn't say we serve. It doesn't say each of us serves. It says we serve as a team. We serve as a team. We we at New Life Church want to serve as a team. We want everything we do to be working together as much as possible. So that nobody is out doing their own thing all by themselves. And so in, it, at first, to me, it seemed kind of weird. Well, Paul, I mean, we're using Paul as the example. Listen to how much he had done. I did this, I did this, this is my ministry. I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you. But then when you start looking at it again, Paul, for as great as he was, was not alone. Did you realize that? I don't know why it took me so long to realize that Paul was never all by himself. I always think of him all by himself. He's out there planting churches. He's out there writing letters. He's out there doing all of these things. And so when I think of Paul, I think of Paul. But if I say, Paul and... Immediately, names pop into my head. If I say, Paul and... Maybe you think Paul and Barnabas, or Paul and Silas, or Paul and Timothy, or Paul and Luke. Or maybe you think Paul and Archippus, just because you're unique. (laughs) But the reality is that, that Paul was always Paul and. It wasn't just Paul, it was Paul and. In fact, even when he's writing his letters... He doesn't write his letters by himself, so that the book of Colossians begins with Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, and Timothy. What? Yeah. Paul and Timothy and Epaphras are writing this letter. Paul and, Paul and, Paul and. In fact, if you flip to the end of Colossians, look, would you look to? You only have to go like one or maybe two pages. Okay, so don't flip too far. Colossians is, is four chapters long. So go to chapter four, and then you see these all of these people who are serving alongside Paul. Verse seven, it says, uh, "Tychicus will tell you about." Let me try again. Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent you him to you for this very purpose that he may know that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Here are these two guys. Tychicus and Onesimus, and they have been working alongside Paul and now are going to bring this letter of encouragement to the church at Colossae. They're going to come as a team, not one of them, but two of them together to tell them all about the church at Colossae. They want to tell them all about all of the things that have been happening with Paul. Why? So that they can encourage them. These are these are faithful, uh, beloved brothers and fellow ministers, fellow servants of the Lord, and this is the purpose that he is sending them. He says they have been of such encouragement to me that now I want to send them to you so that they may tell you what's going on with us and so that they might be an encouragement to you also. You know what happens when we work as a team? We get so encouraged. If any of you have ever tried to do a ministry all by yourself and then somebody else comes along and goes, can I help with that? Yes, please! That is such an encouragement to me. That's one of the reasons that we like to work together as a team is it's just encouraging. Plus, it's way more fun. Way more fun. I, when I grew up uh, in a church, um, my dad was one of the leaders in the church and so that meant we were at everything. Um, and one of the things that, that we did was we did facilities stuff. Like we had to put in sprinkler systems and so we were digging trenches and laying pipe and all kinds of things. But we would did that together all the time. And my dad used to say, yeah, these guys put the party in work party. I I did one all by myself one time. Actually, it wasn't quite all by myself. My my younger brother was helping me. We built a rock wall uh, for, for the church. Oh, that was so much work and so much less fun. Not because I don't like my brother. He's a great guy, but we got tired and we got grumpy at each other. And there were no older guys along helping us to encourage us to stay positive. Working together is just way more fun. Some of you are are called to be encouragers. And sometimes that means coming alongside and going, what can I do? This isn't really my area of gifting. This really isn't the thing that I'm most passionate about, but I love you and I love Jesus. Well, how can I help? Some of you are are called to a ministry of encouragement that that looks like writing letters or cards or notes and just saying, I notice the work that you're doing and I just want to tell you how much I appreciate it. What a great job you're doing. I'm, I'm learning how to do this more and more from my daughter because my daughter is fantastic at this. Those of you who know my daughter already know who I'm talking about. Because she comes along and she goes, you are the best. You, you are the best. You are so wonderful. I, you are doing such a great job. She writes notes. She writes notes in advance. I'm serious. We got invited to a 4th of July party, and my daughter wrote a note expressing how grateful she was and what a great time we had, and drew pictures and everything before we left. <laughs> she brought it along and waited until the appropriate time where all of the festivities had taken place, but we had not yet left, and she handed the note over to say thank you. On behalf of the whole family. Do you know how amazing that makes me look as a father? (laughs) And I had nothing to do with it. And what I'm saying is that when we work together as a team and when you encourage others, they so appreciate it. People who are working hard, people who are struggling in ministry need encouragement and you are there to encourage them. That's part of what it means to be a team. I have sent, you, sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, isn't it great how he calls them faithful? They're faithful. They're faithful to serve. Sometimes I, I, I think people um, go, you know, I, I just don't have time to serve and so I'm not going to. Yet nobody has time to serve. Nobody goes, you know, I'm really bored today. I think I'll go serve. That's not the first thing that comes up. But there are those who are faithful who serve. People don't go, you know what sounds like a lot of fun today? A work party. It's not the first thing that comes up. But the faithful ministers, they serve day in and day out. They show up and they do the work that needs to be done. And sometimes I think we get it in, in our heads that unless we really are there, I mean, because we're holy people, Christian holy people. And so if I'm not serving from the right motives, for really from my heart, delighting in God as I serve, then really that service is not uh, satisfactory. And I probably shouldn't do it at all. And the reality is, very often, we serve out of faithfulness. We serve not because we delight to do the service, but because we delight in Jesus. And because we love the people that we're serving with and for. And so yes, ideally we would all be serving in our area of passion and ability and giftedness, the things to which God has called us and we feel like, yes, this is exactly where I am meant to be because we love it every time. But then there are the times when we need to just serve to fill the gap. Or even in our area of passion and ability and giftedness, it's a hard thing to do today because I'm tired. And I want to encourage you. That kind of faithful service is still walking in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord. When you are serving for the sake of the body and the increasing of the knowledge of the glory of God, that is walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. We, we want to be working as, as a team because we're linking arms and, and we're doing this together. We want to do this in everything that we do. The pastoral staff gets together every week to pray for you. When you write on the backs of those connection cards, the elders and the pastors love to pray for you and they pray for you together. Sure, they pray for you in their own quiet times in their closets and and, and prayer areas at home too, but they come together and they pray for you together. It's something that we, we do together. We link arms to pray for the people in the church. We we work on doing all kinds of things together, I, even preaching, right? It seems like I'm up here all by myself, doing this all by myself. But the reality is I'm not preaching all by myself. When when pastors, when we get together, we often get together on Thursdays and we talk about the sermon and what are we going to say and how are we going to say it and, and what do people need to hear and are we correct in our interpretation and understanding of the text, and we challenge one another and we work with one another and wrestle with one another until we get there. And go, yeah, that's, that's what it says. That's what people need to hear. So whether it's the, the pastors or the elders or the worship team, global outreach team, youth ministry, celebrate recovery, coffee cart, children's ministry team, facilities team, we want it to be team. We do it together. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Isn't that interesting? Again and again. The same thing. Why? 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 So that they may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. And Epaphras, who came from Colossae so that he could serve alongside Paul and then is going to go back to encourage them in Colossae again. Epaphras, that, that faithful man, is struggling. Struggling in his service of prayer for them. Struggling on their behalf. Isn't that great? He struggles. Paul struggles. Paul suffers. They're doing this on behalf of one another. He's struggling in prayer for them. You're going, man, I I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't even know how I can serve. You want to join the prayer team? Just sign up to receive the prayer emails. And when those come through, struggle in prayer on behalf of those in the, the congregation. On behalf of those in the church who are hurting. Then maybe you can write a note of encouragement. Or go, you know, I I think that they need some practical help too. Maybe with this kind of a prayer request, somebody should come alongside them and bring them meals. You can sign up to do that. Sometimes ministry is is very formal and you have a role and a title and all of those kinds of things. And sometimes it's very very just personal, one-on-one. But even in our one-on-one, way, it can be in a group. I'm going to bring a meal. You're going to bring a meal. We're going to talk to each other about how can we serve and support and help this family who is struggling. I hope Pastor Tim was already talking about some of those things from living life together last week. But that's serving. So that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of La- the Laodiceans. And see that you also read the letter t- from the Laodiceans. She, he's writing to, to Nympha. I, isn't it great that she's doing this too? She's hosting. Hospitality, serving so that people can come and meet together in her house. She's not doing the teaching, she's not doing the, the, um, equipping necessarily, but she's providing the place and being hospitable so that that can be taking place. Some of you, um, are solo leaders. You already have a ministry and it's your ministry and you're working on your ministry. And I want you to think about how can you bring others alongside you? How can you involve other people? How can you um, give ownership to other people so that they're parte- participating in our ministry rather than helping you with your ministry? So that we can be a team. We can be doing these things together. When this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans? He, he's recognizing that this is not unique just to the church at Colossae, but also the church at Laodicea has these same needs. And so they can encourage them there and here. Just like here, we have New Life West Lynn working together with New Life Wilsonville. Not everything we do t- is together, but everything that we can do together, everything that does, works better together, we do together. Because it works best that way. It glorifies God that way. Verse 17, And say to Archippus, See that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. He singles Archippus out. All these other people, this person says, hi, he's a faithful minister. That person says, hi, he's a faithful minister. We're sending them to you so that they might encourage you because they are faithful brothers and ministers in the Lord, servants of God. Oh, and would you remind Archippus to fulfill the ministry that he's been called to? In some ways you go, oh, poor Archippus. But I, I don't think it was meant that way. I don't think it was meant like, hey, Archippus isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing. You tell him to, to get himself in gear and get that stuff done. I think he's writing to him as an encouragement and going, Archipus, this is a ministry you were called to do. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Fulfill the ministry that you've been called to. And you know, every believer is called into ministry. What have you been called to? What have you been called to? Where are you called to serve? Fulfill the ministry that you have been called to. Don't sit by on the sidelines watching the ministries go by. Participate. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord and fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. It says, I write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. I I want to encourage you that this is what we are all called to. The expectation is that we would be serving in some way, contributing in some way. The body is, is being neglected in some way if you are not serving. But you don't have to struggle and do it all by yourself. You could struggle arm in arm with somebody else. You can suffer right alongside with us. We happily suffer with you for the good of the body because we love Jesus. And so there are going to be, uh, there's a, a ministry fair right out here in the foyer. You can go after the service and I would encourage you, walk through, see what are some of the ministries that are being done at New Life Church. How can you be praying for those ministries? What are some of the reports that you're hearing about things that are being done? What are some of the needs that are there that you might be able to step in and fill in in those needs? And ask God, what is the ministry to which you are being called that you might walk in it and fulfill it? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we uh, are grateful that you have called us not only to be your children, but to be uh, servants together, fulfilling the ministry that was lacking in Christ. Not that his work um, didn't accomplish our salvation, but that the message needs to be proclaimed and understood. And so, Father, I pray for New Life Church that you would equip us and send us out, That we might fulfill the ministry to which we have been called as as individuals, as groups, as a church. So that each person might grow into full maturity and understanding of who you are. I pray, Lord, that as these uh, people who are gathered here this morning work for your service, that they would bear much fruit. Father, we praise you for allowing us to to participate in the work that you have begun and anticipating that it will be completely fulfilled and bring you glory. Lord, I pray for those who are here today who have been serving and who are tired or discouraged. Lord, would you bring helpers alongside them? Would you encourage them where they are that they might continue to fulfill their ministry? Father, I pray that you wouldn't leave anyone alone but You'd bring someone alongside to be a partner for the sake of the Gospel. To the glory of Your name, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.